easy and greasy as we can. Welcome, dear friends, and a big flaming oily rag of thanks to you for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. I'm your host, Mark Rose, and (laughs) over there, greased up and ready to play Twister, is the uh, always slippery Milk Canes at the controls, everybody. So, uh, what were you smoking <laughs> to come up with this show title? <laughs> well, you know, I was on a roll that night, gotta say. Came up with, um, I don't know, about a dozen, maybe? Quasi, or do you prefer quasi? Amusing and absolutely irrelevant show titles for the next several installments of our illustrious program here. And uh, no, no. Absolutely no herbaceous compounds were used and or harmed or used in the creating of these fine show titles. Well, I know for one that I'm relieved. Fabulous. I'm delighted your concern is so genuine. (laughs) (laughs) We do have some fun in store for you, dear friends. For one thing, uh, the, uh, the conclusion of our three-part interview with Jason Loreno, he of uh, Noble Sprout Farms. We've been talking with Jason about the recent legalizing of cannabis in this, the fine state of Oregon here, and uh, the ramifications thereof, as uh, he is a grower for the multitude of, uh, well, they're calling them dispensaries popping up all over the place and uh, a damn informed representative, I will say. So the conclusion of that, coming your way. Yes, and but also... A new car. (laughs) No, no, but something just as swell. Uh, Another in our series of the Jimbo interview, in which uh, this time Jimbo talks with, wait for it, Milt Keynes. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I gotta say, too, that guy surprised me. I mean, he was getting all uh, honest and heartfelt and crap, and I, I didn't really know. Wait a what... minute. Wait. Are you saying, Mr. Keynes, that you were touched, nay, flattered by Jimbo's questions? Well, at one point, there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't really know the guy, you know, and, uh... True. Well, he, he's he's quirky. 
maybe even bent a bit, but uh, he was just really complimentary and, and and clearly likes the show. So you know, I'm well, I, you know, I, I look forward to hearing it with the rest of you, gentle listeners, as uh, as it appears that our uh, comrade in cables over there actually enjoyed the experience. You know what else I think? Do tell. I think Jimbo is crazy. Crazy like a fox. You know what I'm saying? Loud and clear, Mr. Keynes. He's a clever guy and uh, one hell of a cheerleader for all the shows here on the Unsug channel. Uh, we're just as happy as a parade of pangolins to have him uh, be a contributor to this fine program. Oh, and speaking of uh, contributors, we uh, received some very, very nice feedback from the trenches. <laughs> Are they digging trench? Can we? Yeah, right. Thank you. Um, on our segment here last time with uh, the video vixen, also known as Trista Perez. And uh, she's very busy right now crafting the next installment that sounds something like this. Did you ever ask her about my, uh, my, uh, movie review, uh, request? Um, w uh, well, a you know, actually, no, I... I mean, you know, no, no rush or anything. Well, uh, may maybe I could check in with her. I, I mean, to, you know, discuss the movies on the, uh, the, the list and all. And, you know, like that. Why, Mr. Keynes... Do I detect a bit of infatuation forming there for the delightful Miss Perez? Huh? What? No, 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 nothing like that. I mean, uh, no, I, uh, I, uh, I, I just have this thing. Ah, this, uh, list of things, you know. Movies. Uh, that would be cool if she'd, you know, want... Watch with you? <laughs> well, you know, to get to that review firsthand, so to speak. Oh! I'm saying is that... Is that it's... It's springtime for Milty. Well, we'll just see how all that unfolds, and uh, I'm sure the results of which will make for a terrific six-part miniseries for the Lifetime channel. You know what I'm saying? The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. And speaking of curious altered consciousness, as I uh, mentioned at the top of the show, we have uh, this, the third part of the Jason Loreno interview detailing the burning questions of the day regarding hemp and... I saw what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets by you, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> without further ado, we present another in the continuing series from The Fusebox Interview. You know, they've looked at some of the higher concentration THC producing plants and they've discovered that a lot of those all fall within a particular region. And it's like the uh, the mountainous Afghanistan regions, you know, the whole Hindu Kush region. Mm -hmm. um, ah, the yeah. elevation is such that they're that much closer to the sun 
So they get that much more UV, which triggers a defense response in the plant, and that response is THC, which serves as cannabis's sunscreen. Depending on elevation or increased UV, you can actually force a plant to go higher on its THC. Theoretically, mm. I'm still playing with it myself, but I've read legitimate papers on it, mm -hmm. and it seems to be the consensus. And most of these are indoor grow situations, right? It is easier indoor. I prefer indoor because I grow hydroponically. Right. And uh, it's just nice to have as many environmental factors under your control <laughs> as possible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is there something that eats them? Do they have a predator? There are a lot of things that wow. eat them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can, uh, I think the, the worst in my opinion are, are the spider mites. Um, mm. They'll ruin your entire crop. Uh, white flies, nematodes. Uh, yeah, there's a laundry mostly, list. Of... Mostly the small insects then. There's no like n n birds or anything that would... I have never had any birds break into my home or any of my indoor yeah. gardens, yeah. but uh, the outdoor grows. I've heard of a lot of people, you know, that would have to sprinkle like Tide detergent around the base because that frightens off the deer because deer, I understand, just adore cannabis. Okay, that's that's what I was yeah, wondering. Yeah, I mean, you, you get your herbaceous sure animals out sure. there. You know, they're gonna they're gonna. They're going to dine on it. Perhaps they'll even be sleeping next to it. I would you, imagine they'd be on just state of development. eyes rolling back <laughs> in their head. Because uh, the plant that really, that, that for, for years still does, of course, looks remarkably like it to the untrained eye is the Aurelia. You ever seen this thing? I've seen a, several. I couldn't tell you what the, they were, because but it I have shares seen the same sort of uh, fanning out leaf structure, and they're serrated and all of that. And and it looks like it has the same stalk, and it looks exactly like, except it's really dark green. The untrained eye. Many times, people have been uh, <laughs> called on the carpet for having that stuff around in their home, and it's like, no, it's just a fucking house plant for crying out loud. You well, know. you know, it goes the opposite way too, because uh, I remember there was. I haven't seen it in years, but there was, I believe it was called Duckfoot, and that was a plant that had been engineered and, uh, or at least stumbled upon, and that had a leaf configuration that didn't look like cannabis. That only had the three-bladed leaf, so that was something that, you oh. know, was thought could be used as an outdoor because, you know, the flyovers and everything, they'd say, well, that's not pot. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how it worked out. I never used it, but. Wow. Yeah, more hybrids. <laughs> Luckily, we don't do that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the variations, though. I mean, you were speaking of the Kelly Green, and you know, I mean, I've seen really dark purples. Wow. I've seen on on the leaves as well as the buds and everything. And sometimes it's it's a uh, temperature. Sometimes it's uh, fertilizer under or over. But uh, yeah, I mean, with with some of the genetic traits that are being thrown around now, we're getting some very interesting looking plants. We're not Monsanto or anything, so right. it's all being done naturally. And and honestly, there are some companies, like there was one I was just reading about, that are actually trying to work backwards um, against some of the hybridization so they can serve as a repository for original genetics so hmm. that we don't lose some of these strains Smart. that have come about. Because we also have the the land race strains, which have never been bred with anything. And so they're always a nice breeding base because you know what they are, but at the same time, they're not tainted, so you're not going to get any kind of genetic wild card that gets thrown at you. The hybridization that's been going on within the, the craft, I mean, it's all been... It's all been... Natural, though. Natural and yeah. beneficial. Yeah, it's yeah. just selective breeding. Right. 
Yeah, just like a tomato. Yeah, we're yeah. not we're not taking anything out of a bumblebee and trying to <laughs> yes, stick it exactly. in there. Yeah, some, yeah. Kind, some kind of puffer fish. Yeah, that'd be a poison fun that, plant. Yeah, yeah, that just inflates anytime you get near it. It just yeah, expands. Yeah, yeah. And... nothing nothing that crazy going on. <laughs> so, uh, do you think this will open up maybe and free the uh, the uh, pathway to uh, industrial hemp? Absolutely. That that's not smoked and all that. I mean, it's used for other things. Yeah. Uh, Really, all people are waiting for is the government to get out of the way. Interesting. I mean, there, there are people who are investing a lot of money. Um, and yeah, the, some of the innovations that I've, I've read about as far as uh, fuel and construction materials. And I yeah. mean, the, the, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, basically the Bible on the subject. It would be uh, Jack Herrer's The Emperor Wears No Clothes. And basically, it's just a history of marijuana prohibition, mm -hmm. the conspiracy of it, you know, like who was involved, who stood to gain, mm -hmm. um, you know, DuPont with their chemical processes for making wood paper as opposed to using hemp as paper. I mean, the Constitution's on hemp. It's been <laughs> used. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, <laughs> nice. it's been around as an industrial fiber for Ever. millennia. Yeah. It's, you know, it wasn't until the 30s that, you know, we started passing laws against it to control specific groups of people. Right. The vilification of a of a plant is really fascinating to me, in, in, historically speaking. Do you have any observations on that? I mean, it, it's my my analogy was with absinthe, which is the the uh, liqueur that was made in uh, Switzerland and, and France, that was drummed out of existence by the wine lobby hmm. because it became all the too, claims of the wormwood being right. Yeah. yeah, it became too popular. Not that people were screaming into the streets and being chased by dinosaurs. There was nothing going on in there at all, other than a whole part of Paris became completely, uh, you know, shut down uh, between three and four because it was the green hour, and that's what we did. We all went and had a little absinthe and uh, enjoyed ourselves, and you know, went home. Great. Wine people hated that because it was just taking, you know, taking revenue out of, out of them. So they created a campaign to see what they could do to vilify a beverage. And they held it down for a while, but it's made a resurgence. Yes, it has. And uh, it, thanks to one microbiologist, he re-engineered one of the last remaining examples of a, a, of a true absinthe. And he created this company called Jade. They do remarkable stuff, you know, and they're doing very well. But... Again, but what well, about the vilification of, of hemp, uh, uh, f you know, as far back as the, the late 20s and early 30s? Well, 30s. Well, sure. I mean, the reality of it is that the only power a government has is to enforce criminal laws. When you have specific groups and you can, you know, draft a law that just happens to cover these specific groups that you're after, right. you know, everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. And initially... Uh, Woody Harrelson narrated a great documentary on this. It was uh, by Ron Mann, and it was called Grass. Mm -hmm. And he, he walks through the entire history of the legislation. And, uh, you know, of course, they, they initially wanted to uh, have something they could control Mexican migrant labor with. And cannabis has, has been part of Mexican culture, mm -hmm. just like it has most North American culture for centuries. Mm -hmm. But if you get something cultural that's specific to a, a people, and then you pass a law against it, you can crack down on that group of people. And uh, after that, you know, of course, jazz musicians, you know, and sure. got to have the reefer madness and right. the, the fear of the black man, you know, and the white woman and yeah. all of that nonsense. And then it just snowballs. And then, of course, we had the big ramp up after Vietnam. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, this country enjoyed a lot of war profiteering. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, well, now what are we going to do with all these Bell helicopters and everything? Well, 
here comes Tricky Dick, and let's just ramp this up domestically, and we can still use all this shit. We'll just use it against our people. Right. So it's just, they just change the battlefield. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, it's it's just more military-industrial, prison-industrial complex nonsense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that they had better things to do, but... Well, it's all about control, so we... <laughs> well, and if you're an entity that doesn't produce anything, you still need to fund yourself. Mm -hmm. My personal belief is that uh, we have a lot more government than we probably need, and it's still got to be paid for somehow, so they rob people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll get a shutdown. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want. We can edit that out. Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> In all seriousness, I really did learn a bunch from that interview, both uh, historically and uh, pharmacologically, I might add. So thanks again to Jason Loreno for his time and uh, provocative commentary there. Yeah, there's no need now to be anxious when you're heading into your local dispensary. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? They gotta do something about that name. You know? Dispensary. Sounds, uh, so... Medical? <laughs> well, yeah. And in many ways it is, but, uh... How would it feel if they, like, changed the the liquor store to a liquor dispensary? No change. Yeah, no change. That's same, yeah, you're right, same thing. <laughs> Are you tired of endless video streams of silly animal tricks, awkward human calamities, and half-baked conspiracy theories? Yeah. No. Meh. Possibly. Uh, gosh, Uncle Carl. These podcasts are nothing but hot, steaming piles of shit. How does a guy find a decent podcast these days, anyway? <laughs> I know what you mean, Timmy. Here, try Fusebox. Apply Fusebox to infected area only. Wow! Thanks, Uncle Carl! Fusebox is the shit! Yes! Relive great Fusebox audio moments of past shows or current shows or current shows made previous to past shows running currently in the past. Feed your ears for hours of not really video but feels like it, knee-slapping, sometime wholesome but not really audio goodness. Check out the Fusebox show on YouTube today. So, dear friends, we have this here charming, heartfelt, and a little weird on the side interview that Jimbo, our colleague here on the OnSug channel, conducted with the esteemed and yet highly uneducated Milt Keynes the other day. And uh, as, as I say, I have not heard this, so it will be a treat for me as well to bask in its greatness. Anything you <laughs> put that down. Anything you wish to add uh, to this, Mr. Keynes? <laughs> uh, well, no. Okay, spoken like the true pontificator you are known to be. Forward. Tonight on The Jimbo Interview, Jimbo interviews someone, but probably not Jimbo, I don't think. Hey, uh, 
can you guys keep those windows open? I mean, it... Yeah, you want the moment? Yeah, it's really... Yeah, 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 sure, we can do that. Can you do that? Oh, yeah. It's really nice today. Thanks, man. Well, Milt, thank you for joining me, man. <laughs> see you, man. It's a pleasure to finally get to sit down and talk with you. Uh, oh, well, my pleasure, Jimbo. Thank. You know, I'll be I'll be honest here, right from the beginning, because uh, I feel like that's really the way to be. You know, I don't know anything about you. I don't know. I guess you're the engineer there, or whatever. Well, who is Milt? Tell me about Milt. Uh, well, yeah, you, you guess right. I'm the board op of a podcast called uh, Fusebox. And, uh... You know, when I do hear you, I hear you come on and you always have that, like, uh, engineer voice, you know, like, comes over the intercom kind of sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you, you mean, uh, And you are soaking in it. Yeah, like like that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously you're the engineer and you're the one uh, pulling all the strings, basically, in the control room there. Um, what's it like working for Fusebox Productions? I mean, obviously... Well... First-class company, first-class show here. What's it like to be first-class? Uh... Mmm. Tacos. Oh, sorry. Uh, what's it like to be, uh, first class? Man, man you're, you're asking the wrong guy, Jimbo. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Sort of. Well, you know, it's great, of course. Uh, Mark Rose, our show host, is, uh, just a sweetheart of a guy to work with. Uh, he's exactly what you hear on the show in real life. A damn decent dude and a brilliantly talented writer and voice actor, musician, mixologist, uh, Japanese pocket squirrel wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, our co-producer and resident baseball expert, Jeff Pollard, uh, he also does all the cover art and branding and whatnot for the show, you know? Yeah, he's a damn great writer, an actor, and, and as well as a, a graphic designer. Well, three of us get along great and uh, work really well together, and, well, everyone on the show is talented as hell and shares the same vision as far as putting together the best damn show we can. So, uh, yeah, you know... That's about as serious as I'll ever get. In fact, I think I might have pulled a muscle there. But, uh, yeah, great show, great people to work with. Uh, I'm a lucky guy, man, really. Now that I have you here and kind of away from Mark, can you tell me who does the voice of Timo? <laughs> can you tell me that? So, Jimbo, it's so weird you would ask that. See, uh... Because a bunch of us at uh, Fusebox wondered, who does the voice of Jimbo? <laughs> Seriously, Jeff and I were talking about that the other day, and we were convinced Jimbo was a character. 
Mark said you were a hundred percent genuine, but we <laughs> we were skeptical as hell. And damn, man, here you are right in front of me. Love it, man. <laughs> Love it. But uh, anyway, uh, to answer your question, the the, the big guys. So let me ask you: you are you in a control room like separate from Mark and? Uh, well, I. Uh, or is that just all for show? Because no, no, I. Uh, there, we, or like, are you sitting right next to Mark? Or are you not even really sitting there at all? No, actually, what we have is uh, nothing. I'm insinuating anything here because I'll tell you, I've done this too. You know, when I was a, t- a young teenager, I like to smell, like the smell of gasoline. I'm not going to say that I huff gasoline, but I like to smell gasoline. And probably, if given the opportunity. If somebody had presented me with some gasoline to huff, I probably would have because for some reason I had this addiction to the smell of gasoline. Have you been uh, huffing that gasoline today, man? And uh, I just wanted to know, uh, what did you huff when you were growing up? Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, well, uh, gym socks mostly. See, uh, I used to sneak into the girls' locker room, and uh, then what I, kind of music do you enjoy? Uh, 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 music. Oh, uh, oh, well, uh, I like all kinds, really. Uh, I used to play in a punk polka band. We did a lot of Lawrence Welk covers. Play a pretty mean accordion, if I do say so myself. So yeah, I, I dig polka music, of course. I. I like uh, lounge music, pop, rock, industrial metal, punk, uh, hip-hop, elevator music. Uh, hey, I'm a huge fan of the Carpenters. Uh, Guar, ABBA, uh, the Beatles, Stones, of course. I Oh, I like Hank Williams, uh, the, the first one, the original, not, uh, not the other two. Uh, I dig me some Buddy Holly, U2. Uh, Nickelback. You know, Mark's always listening to Zappa. And I think it's safe to say old Mark has a huge man crush on Frank Zappa. Say, I bet you didn't know Mark sleeps in a Frank Zappa onesie, did you? (laughs) So, uh, he's got me kind of liking Zappa these days, but man, I'll I'll listen to a monkey banging rocks together if it's got a sweet beat. You know, you live in Portland or the Portland area. Have you ever gone to that uh, famous donut place there that they shove the pretzel in and make the donut bleed? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, I've been there. Of course. Strange place. Full of uh, weirdos, man. Good donuts, though. The line to get in is always uh, insanely long, but people will stand in line for an hour get their voodoo donut on, man. You know, I blew their minds one time when I ordered a plain donut. <laughs> you know, I've never really been to Portland, but I was thinking that if I ever had gone to Portland, and uh, we probably would go to the, uh, you know, to the ocean. And I was wondering if you had ever gone to the ocean, and since the ocean there is nothing but a bunch of craggly rocks, if you've ever gone swimming out there and had your head bashed against the rocks uh, when you were little. Seriously, Jimbo, I think you've been hitting that Texaco unleaded a wee hard. I'm going to be completely serious here, Milt. How will I be able to tell 
it's obvious that you do a wonderful job uh, for Fusebox. Mark sounds great every week, and you know I really don't know how much of that is you, but uh, you're obviously involved in that heavily, and you do a wonderful job. And everybody here is envious of you. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I remember the you know the first show. I remember. Um, just so many people talking behind the scenes about uh, Fusebox and and we're all jealous of you. I, I am especially jealous of every one of you there at Fusebox. And I just want to let you know that. No kidding. Wow. Well, thank you, Jimbo. No, that really, really does mean a lot to us. Seriously, man. Thanks. And, and and to be serious right back at you, everyone works their ass off there, and we all really try to do the best show we can with what we have there, you know? Top to bottom, man. We have some seriously talented people there. Starting with a couple of insanely talented co-producers. You know, Mark and Jeff. And with uh, Mark being a great show host. Man, that cat, uh, he, he never mails it in. You know what I mean? And, and Jeff's writing, it's funny, witty, clever, provocative. They're both also super talented actors. And, 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 and yeah, yeah, actors. Man, we, we have an incredible stable of actors who are, who are all now really good friends. Decent people, man. Total pros. It's all, it's all about uh, aligning yourself with, uh, with talented professionals, Jimbo, who are all decent, giving, and... Helpful folks, man. Like I said, total pros. And it doesn't hurt that the chicks we have are all smoking hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, Milk, you, you're Italian. Got an Italian name, right? Uh, huh? Italian? When you eat spaghetti, do you just do you slurp it up or do you roll it? Uh, roll it? Uh, what do you... You know, like roll it up with your fork, or, and do you use a spoon to help guide it? You're Italian, aren't you? Uh, no, Jimbo, I'm, uh, I'm actually not Italian. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, mostly, I think. So, uh... Let's see, uh, I'm not real good at this, but isn't, uh, LSD legal in, uh, Oregon? No, but I'm starting to think that it's legal at your house. Uh, I'm doing this interview. And I really, I really don't feel like I know what to ask you. I'm, I, I, it's not that I disrespect you or anything. It's just like I don't hardly even know who you are, man. I mean, you, you, it's just like a little voice is all you are, and a little you know, voice. You know, I guess I, I've learned to appreciate that voice. Obviously, working at doing the fuse box show and everything, but I don't even know you, man. What? What is? Why are we even doing this interview? I, you know what I'm saying? I don't uh, even know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm uh, suddenly kind of wondering why myself, actually. No, I, of course, this, this, most of this interview was just done in jest. We all know who you are, Mort. Mort? And uh, we all appreciate you and the job you do. Uh, thanks. You're doing, a, you're doing a wonderful job, and I appreciate you joining me. For this interview, I'm glad you didn't get all mad like Timo did that time and 
uh, well, it, a- actually... So, so thanks. Well, sure, yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're welcome, uh, I think. So, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're done then? Jimbo? Uh, Jimbo? Hey! Buddy, are, are we done here? Jimbo? That was some seriously f***ed up Hey, Simon, did, did we get it? We got it. You guys got everything? It's in the can, man. Yeah? So we got it? Yep. So we're done then? <sighs> Jesus. Anyone need a beer? Wow. Now, that was Audio Verite with a capital Verite. You know? Yeah, truly glorious. But you know, I do worry about his uh, gasoline affliction. That's some serious huffing right there. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure he's fine. I mean, what's a little ethanol between friends? You know what I mean? So, with that, gentle listeners... We shall ride the quasi-noxious and vaporish trails out of this point in the time-space continuum. And uh, once again, big thanks to our conspirators in this audio heist, Jason Loreno and uh, Noble Sprout Farms, to Jimbo for once again going the distance and huffing up another splendid and revealing interview. And uh, by the way, check out Jimbo's other interweb-related endeavors. Uh, We'll have links in the show notes here. But uh, his program, hey, everybody, it's Jimbo. And uh, his incredible old-time radio page uh, devoted to the, (laughs) gotta say, one of the most remarkable radio series ever, Vic and Sade at uh, vicandsay.blogspot.com. A big balloon animal thanks to Mr. Retro himself, Eric Newsom, And thanks also to the uh, always smartly attired Jeff Pollard and the lovely Myrna Reynolds for vocal maneuvering on this edition of Fusebox. Thanks as well to he of the over there, Milt Keynes, for a stellar job, as always, and for being, seriously, man, a jolly good sport on this one. Thank you, sir. No, I actually dug it. <laughs> well, good on you. Please, friends, if you have not, check out the uh, Fusebox store, located easily at thefuseboxshow.com, and uh, help us to maintain our sick and depraved audio show production habit. Or... The Patreon page for you uh, philanthropists out there. You can feed a starving Fusebox show for as little as a dollar a month. And that's no joke. Patreon.com forward slash The Fusebox Show to join the expectant crowd growing now. So friends, thank you for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. And I have been your looks like real leather host, 
Mark Rose saying, until our next cartoon. Views.